Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. You know, I first heard of this virus back in, I want to say, early mid-December. And I said to my wife in those days, you know, we need to be buying a few extra things. Just not breaking the bank, but a little toilet paper, a little hand sanitizer, eh, just some extra stuff. Who knows what's coming, if anything. And so we did. In December and early January, we we spent money on stuff. (laughs) Toilet paper and hand sanitizer. And the only thing I did not include in our list was Clorox wipes. And that was the only thing where we fell short on. But when this pandemic happened... We were in good places. We weren't rushing off to buy and hoard stuff. We already had laid it aside, and so we were kind of prepared. And so that was another positive for for me, at least, to know that you really can prepare for difficult eventualities if you keep your head on and, and just very methodically do it without breaking the bank. Well, that was Nolan Crabb, one of our listeners. And in today's show, we're going to focus on some of the positive experiences that people have had during this pandemic and the shutdown. We asked our listeners to provide recorded input, and that's mostly what we'll be hearing is about their experiences. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Denny Elliott who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about experiences and rules regarding using a service animal. I'm Denny Elliott. I partnered with a guide dog from Guiding Eyes for the Blind, Guiding Eyes Koala. And in this time when social distancing is so important, what my guide dog communicates has become an urgent matter of concern. Koala is really good at giving me advance warning when we're about to cross paths with another dog. But a person alone on the sidewalk doesn't get that kind of attention from Koala. So the question for me and for other guide dog users is, how do you manage social distancing when you can't see the distance? Uh, The guide dog handler, I think, needs to take a more proactive approach. So... When walking on harness, if the guide dog signals that another dog is nearby like Koala does, it's easy to say, please stay six foot away so that uh, the person and the dog move. But it's harder when your guide dog gives no warning and I suddenly find myself shoulder to shoulder with someone on the sidewalk. Again, I politely say, please stay six foot away. And it's kind of better than saying, can't you see I'm blind? Working a dog inside of a store these days presents new challenges. Some grocery stores have designated aisles as one way, and pretty much any place open for business has six-foot markers for people standing in line at the checkout counter so that they maintain some distance. But people who are blind aren't likely to see any of this. So I tend to do some advanced planning. If the store has special hours for vulnerable populations, I think it's good to take advantage of the smaller crowd and the likelihood that other shoppers want to keep as far away from you as you want to keep away from them. This is the one time I'm likely to call a store manager and say that I'm you know, coming to pick up a few items and I can use some help. Help from an employee who can quickly locate items and keep the guide dog team out of the way of others, 
I think is a really good choice right now. I know that some people have pulled out their long white canes as an additional signal for sighted people to keep the right distance. But other people like me um, are coordinated enough to handle the dog and harness on one side and the cane on the other. So I think that there are additional visual cues that we can give to people around us. I know that blind athletes wear vests or tank tops and t-shirts that say blind or visually impaired in high contrast. And these draw more attention to disability than I think most of us would like to have in our daily lives. But you know, at this time of COVID, I think it's better to be noticed than infected. Well, I want to thank Denny for those helpful tips. And now we'll get on to some of the experiences that our other listeners have shared that have been positive experiences in these difficult times. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. We're going to start by referring you back to an episode we aired in April, also about the pandemic. But in that episode, we talked about coping while being isolated. And we highlighted, among other things, some special offers in that show. And some of those are still ongoing. There's some new ones. Some of them have been extended. And we'd just like to mention a few of those. So we talked about the free licenses that Freedom Scientific was offering for JAWS, ZoomText, and Fusion. They have now extended that offer through the end of August. Likewise, the National Braille Press, which was offering free downloads of some topical books that were relevant to the pandemic, has extended that kind offer until the end of August. And if you do a Google search, you'll find that there are lots of free streaming audio concerts that you can listen to on your computer. A lot of people are attending events that way. There are exercise classes available on the web that you can listen to from the comfort of your home. So there's lots you can do and interact with other people. And if doing all of that uses up more data, a lot of the cellular providers are offering free or less expensive data plans during the pandemic. And if you're looking for information about the virus itself and what you can do to stay safe, the Centers for Disease Control has a great website with lots of information and links to other resources. And that is at www.cdc.gov slash coronavirus slash 2019-ncov. And it's very accessible, easy to understand, and very informational. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is positive experiences that people have had during the pandemic. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not all frustration. Some people have found some positive ways to spend their time during the pandemic. And as Nancy said earlier, we asked some of our listeners to share their experiences with us in a short audio file. And that's what you'll be hearing. 
Here are a couple of our listeners talking about personal benefits that they've noticed. I am Ann Parsons, and I am fortunate in a lot of ways. I have a friend who comes on a weekly basis and brings me groceries, so I don't have to go out unless there's something urgent. And I'm finding that I am doing a lot of reading, and that's good. And I'm doing some writing, which is also good. And I'm also attending webinars. And this, I think, is the the best thing. And in a similar vein, here's Umberto. Uh, personally, you know, I'm being an introvert and like a uh, reserved person, you know, it's nice not to be able to deal with people and just going out and like not dealing with so many people and you know, so many crowds. And it's just been very peaceful and very quiet and very awesome. And I'm able to have more time for myself and more time to really reflect and plan my life effectively, efficiently, and just be more creative. So it's great that even with more time on his hands, he's able to fill that time more effectively and more enjoyably. A lot of people talked about using technology in order to stay in touch with other people, and goodness knows we have. So let's hear from Ann Parsons again. I believe that the increased use of Zoom and other communications platforms is going to become the norm rather than the occasional thing in the workplace. And I believe that this is a good thing for a couple of reasons. Number one, because it will enable people to work from home who have not been able to get employment because of transportation issues. And two, it will decrease our footprint in the environment, which is also a good thing. And three, it will help us to modify technology so that we can reach more people and do more things, which is often the case in a situation of this kind. I find that there is a movement toward improvement and development of technology during a war or a pandemic or whatever, and I think this is excellent. I wonder how many of our listeners have used Zoom for the first time in the past couple of months, but it seems like everybody talks about Zoom these days. It will be interesting to see how much this changes life in the future after this pandemic subsides. We've been using Zoom for about a year or two to do our interviews for this show. Previously, we used Skype until somebody pointed out that Zoom might be easier. And it's been great. But I think Anne also made an interesting point that, you know, especially for people with disabilities and blindness is one of those situations that makes it difficult to travel to other locations in an environment where so many people are working from home, it helps to level the playing field in employment for people who have other reasons why it would be beneficial to them personally to work from home. So that's a big positive. Now we're all in the same boat. So here's Nolan Crabb again, talking about what he's done using technology. 
I've immersed myself in all kinds of new uh, productivity skills relating to my job, working on getting a JAWS certification, for example, at some point. I'm going to, in the next week or so, have a narrator immersion week in which I read the manual and read it twice and then just absolutely immerse myself in narrator and spend an entire week with it, you know, morning, noon, night, whatever, and uh, just just really take it on and see what I think its weaknesses and its strengths are. A lot of folks, you hear them say, oh, well, it's not quite ready for prime time, and that's kind of how they shrug it off. I want to know why. I want to get in there and just... So that's one of the things that are in my plans before I go back to the office site. Could I have done it there? Yes. But then you have all that commute time. You have all that disjointed time. This way, I can actually work narrator here at the house, both during the work hours and on my at-home hours, and just see how it works, what I really think, how I enjoy it. That's a big plan. I'm looking forward to that future. So skill building was has been just huge. It's been a big part of this for me. And what a great idea to take advantage of the extra time that's now available with no interruptions to learn some new skills that hopefully you can take advantage of after this pandemic is over and things start to return to normal. And here's Beth talking about what she's been doing with technology. Hi, guys. This is Beth from Virginia Beach. One thing that I have really been excited about, and I would have done this anyway, but I have been learning about how to do Zoom, and my favorite way is on the iPhone. I have a 10R, and I really, really love it. In fact, I like Apple better than I like Windows. I don't know if I will get a Mac or an iPad yet. I'd like to see one. That's one thing I am looking forward to doing is being able to go to an Apple store and test out those things. And maybe someday, Beth, in the not-too-distant future, you'll be able to actually go to a store and check out some of those Mac computers. So we talked about using technology, and in particular Zoom, and many people have been using these video conferencing tools to facilitate working from home. We always did this show from home anyway, so changing to working from home didn't change anything for us. But for lots of people, it was a big change. Here's Umberto again. Professionally, uh, I am a technology enthusiast, and I, I am a teacher of students with visual impairments, so I'm able to teach the students virtually, and it's been a blessing, you know. You see a lot of teachers having all these different anxiety attacks because they haven't done this before, but Prior to the pandemic, I had that experience with experiences with technology, and that really helped me uh, working remotely and virtually in this world of hunkering down and doing things. Uh, so in that, that I really enjoyed that as well. That part. So it's very positive for me to be able to just do that. And remote learning can be a great tool to make it possible for people, almost no matter where they are, to take advantage of learning opportunities. Next is John Gassman. He and his twin brother, Larry, have been on the show before talking about their jobs. Well, now they're working from home, and here's John. 
I had very little to do with COVID. It had really nothing to do with me either, except that it allowed me to thrive while working from home. And I'd never worked at home before. I booked vacation packages for Disney. And because I'm 65, on or about March 15 or so, I was sent home with pay, with benefits, but I couldn't come into work because I was 65 and allegedly at risk due to the virus. So I stayed home, did nothing work-related, but got paid for it. And while all of that was going on, one of the, the ladies that I had worked with for years and years and years in IT was contacted to script the Avaya phone with JAWS. The Avaya people don't do a very good job in terms of accessibility with regard to their phones. It's adequately accessible, but not very good. So she was able to script the phone, and literally that phone, then, it, which is a piece of software, it allows you to use the computer and keyboard in order to operate the phone. So we tested on it for about a week, and uh, it worked pretty well, so we were able to train. So she's really the one that allowed us to continue working from home. Otherwise, I don't know what we would have done. So we continued working from home from there on up until the present moment. And when we open the offices again, some of us will go back to the offices and maybe others will go stay home. It just depends on what they want to do. Working from home, I wonder how many of us will get spoiled by that. Imagine saving the commute time. You can go to work in your pajamas. People may never want to go back to work in person again. So Pete talked about listening to podcasts while he runs on the treadmill and lifts his weights. This is Nolan Crabb talking about how he's been able to stay fit during the pandemic. My guide dog and I have been able to get out on a jogging path near the house and do a tremendous amount of exercise. I have lost over 100 pounds in the last 11 months. There's a long way to go still. So that's why we're out on that jogging path. It's a safe place. There are no university students with earbuds in their ears and texting going on who don't see you until they are inches from your body. <laughs> so often happens. Nor do they park any inline scooters in the middle of your sidewalk on this jogging path. And it's a very nice, safe place to walk. No traffic. There is a curb, so the guide dog gets some training on up curbs and down curbs that keeps his training sharp to some degree, which is never a bad thing during the time of lockdown. Well, congratulations, Nolan, on taking advantage of this time to become more fit. Good going. And exercise is not the only thing you can do if you have some spare time. Here's Linda talking about some of the things that she's been enjoying. My name is Linda. I live in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. What do I do with my time? I have always been a reader. I love to read. So my Victor Reader Stratus is my best friend right now because nobody's shipping Braille. And I've kind of moved away from Braille a bit because you can do other things when, you, when you're listening to talking books. So I'm reading a variety of books. Uh, follow a couple of mystery series. I'm reading magazines too. We can download magazines from our library system here in Canada. So those that's how I spend my my days. 
And these days, so much material can be downloaded directly on your computer or your smartphone or other reading device. You don't even have to go to a library or bookstore anymore. I download all of my reading material from the public library, and I get either EPUB books or audiobooks. And sometimes I'll get the same book in both formats and flip-flop back and forth depending on whether I'm walking around the house listening to the audio or sitting still reading the EPUB. So Linda has found many ways to stay busy, not just reading. For TV, my go-to channel right now is the Food Network, Food Network Canada. So we don't get all the stuff you get, but we get some of our own stuff and yours. My favorite show there is The Pioneer Woman. The soaps are, some of them anyway, a couple of them are broadcasting vintage shows. So that's kind of a good trip down memory lane since I actually went to a function of uh, The Young and the Restless in 1993 and they played a few shows that were playing when I was down there so I spend my days you know when there's always the phone to talk with friends and there's always email and Cyril has a lot of stuff describe movies books describe TV there is absolutely no reason to be bored. It turns out, in addition to enjoying content, you can also create content. Up next is Lucy Greco, who will actually be on next week's episode talking about her day job of digital accessibility. But among other things, she creates videos of cooking and puts those on YouTube. I've been doing a lot more cooking, a lot more cooking. I mean, it's hard to believe that since March 14th, and it's now June 20th, my husband and I have had only three meals repeat in that whole time. Wow. We've had different dishes constantly. I mean, we've had those three or four meals several times, but less than once a week. We've learned new recipes, and it's just that part of it has been really positive. I think the other thing that's been really positive for me is all the free streaming content that we're getting now. That's, that's amazing. You know, I have spoken at two online conferences that have been completely free to viewers. And that's, that's fantastic. That's going to help with that mission of accessibility. You know, I spoke at one called a future date back in April, which was literally a bunch of people who were disappointed they couldn't go to CSUN this year, got together and said, let's have a, a virtual conference and let's make it free. And then I spoke at a Global Accessibility Awareness Day webinar. And, you know, this stuff is, is amazing. But, you know, even for people who don't have disabilities, my husband is in seventh heaven because of all the music he's been able to stream. The Canadian Council for the Arts has been paying musicians to go online and stream their concerts to make up for the income they're losing. And there are artists there that most people will have never heard of performing and getting paid to entertain people in this time of stress. And it was really interesting. They started with a $100,000 budget and they said, well, we're probably going to do this for two or three weeks and then we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. And then major industries started donating to them. And so now it's a permanent program. You know, 
I think they have over a million dollars now where they're streaming at least five or six concerts a day. Isn't all of that wonderful? Among other things, Lucy mentioned a future date, which was a free online version of the CSUN conference this year. We have heard that the National Federation of the Blind, which normally holds its conference in person in July, of course, had to do theirs virtually, and they had nearly three times the normal attendance. And wasn't that wonderful? So we couldn't resist one other benefit of the pandemic and having solicited input from our listeners is that we got to hear some very nice comments about ourselves. And like normal human beings, we just love that. So we thought we'd share this comment with you. This is Nolan Crabb. Please don't count this against my two minutes, but it would be inappropriate for me to contact you and not let you know how valuable your podcast is. What a magnificent job the two of you do. It's just a, such a privilege to be able to subscribe to it. It is one of the go-to podcasts for me that I just refuse to miss on any given week. And the material you provide to people is just absolutely priceless. It would be worth uh, significant amounts of money if, if it had to be done that way. And the opportunity to hear it at no, no cost and benefit from it to the degree that I do and I'm sure every listener of this podcast benefits tremendously from it because that's the nature of it. You guys do a splendid job with it, and, and your topics are so on target and relevant and valuable. The work that the two of you do as interviewers is just magnificent. If I hadn't known better, I would have believed that you were absolutely professional interviews, that you had done a lifetime of big media, and uh, they do sound that good. The polish is really remarkable. Well, we just couldn't leave that out of the show, and we hope other people are enjoying Eyes on Success as much as Nolan is. And thank you, Nolan. So thank you very much to Nolan and to everybody else who submitted input to this episode. We really appreciate it. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to find episodes about specific topics. This was triggered by some input from Linda, who you heard from earlier. I'm trying to find one of your shows. Can you send me the link to the one? You did one in Canada at the Royal Ontario Museum. I would like to hear it again. And if you did any other shows in Canada... So that episode she was referring to was actually about the Ontario Science Center outside Toronto, maybe 10 or 20 miles away from the other museum she mentioned. And by entering the keyword Ontario in our search tool, we were easily able to find that episode. So use your searching skills to find old episodes on any topic of interest. And that's the search field right on our website at www.eyesonsuccess.net. Also, check out the show notes associated with each episode at our website. And in the show notes for this week's show, we'll also have instructions for how to sign up for our Eyes on Success discussion group. If you join that group, you can share your thoughts with other listeners, and you might enjoy doing that for what you've heard about in this show. That's it for show number 2034. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about digital accessibility. 
Lucy Greco is the Accessibility Evangelist for the University of California at Berkeley. As a blind technologist, she understands how people's lives are impacted by resources that have not been made accessible. We'll talk with Lucy about the current state of accessibility and the outlook for the future. We hope you enjoyed this special episode, and we hope we'll catch you again next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy, and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.